Genesis chapter 11, starting with verse 1. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of man had built. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and therefore confuse their language so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there over the face of all the earth, and they left off building the city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord dispersed them over all the face of the earth. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, I thank you for this day, and I praise you for your grace. As we read these words today, Lord, we understand that this is not just a historical account, but Lord, this is a message to us today. Thank you for making us to be more than anything this world could ever plan for us. Truly, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, what you have in store for us. Lord, today I ask that you would uh, speak to our hearts that in this place today, Lord, you would revive believers to live out their faith, to advance the gospel. Lord, that you would call those who may not know you today to salvation. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would do that work, something that no man can do. Would you speak to hearts today? Would you change lives? And Lord, would you send us out here, a church that is on fire in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. You know, in the preceding chapters leading up to this, we see a story about a man by the name of Noah. And some of you may have been like, Daniel, Noah was my favorite story. I know, but everybody knows Noah, that story. And I, and I just wanted to move on a little bit. And we may come back to it. There's a lot of good scientific stuff. I like to teach Noah from a scientific perspective, too, you know. Um, we've done that several times over the however many years I've been here. I keep forgetting how long I've been here, a long time. But we've, we've went into like an in-depth look at, you know, to, to the, the physical dynamics to a world flood. Like, what does that mean? What does it look like? But here in this story of Noah, I think what we need to take away from, uh, Noah uh, was saved, he and his family, and really mankind in general, they were saved because of their faith in God. That's really what it comes down to. And so the flood happens, they were in the boat that God commanded them to build, told them how to build, they survived the flood, the flood subsides, God sets a rainbow in the skies and says, I will never flood the earth again. You guys familiar with that story? Uh, it's more than just what you see on the, the, the crib mobiles or the little kid books, right? There's a powerful message in the story of Noah that God is Redeemer. And so this story is coming after that flood, that, you know, the, the fact that God kept Noah and his family safe through faith is a major point when we transpose it to this story. I want you to think about the faith of people who are building a name for themselves. 
They're building a tower for themselves. They're building a, a culture for themselves. And you see no mention of God. Remember last week in the story of, of uh, Cain, Abel, and Seth, right? You know, Cain's descendants, they were known for their talents. Seth's descendants were known for what? Calling on the name of the Lord. That's what they were known for. Not that they didn't have talents, not that they weren't musicians and they didn't fashion metal, not that they didn't go out here and, and hunt and raise animals, but they were known for worshiping God. And what a call for the church of God today to hear that our main duty in life is to bring glory to God, to call upon the name of the Lord. Are we doing that? I, I hurt for our nation today, not because of politics or pandemic. I hurt for our nation because we are not calling out to the name of the Lord like we should be. That's why it hurts. And no doubt you can probably hear on Facebook and all over the place, there's a lot of churches in our community, a lot of churches in our world today, that all they want to focus on is the politics of the time. We are not commanded to preach politics. We are commanded to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are not called to go out here and pass out ten full hats to our parishioners and say, here, there's a great famine coming. There's, there's something terrible coming to the world today. We are called to equip people with the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they can survive. And not just survive this world, but they can live for eternity with Jesus Christ. Can I have an amen? That's exactly where we're at today. I don't speak that as a judgmental person. I, I speak that as a pastor who is passionate about doing what God has put before us. And what he's put before us is not pandering to what CNN and Fox News says. He has called us to preach the gospel plain and simple. And if we're doing that, that's what we need to be doing. That's what we need to be doing. In the story of the, the Tower of Babel, these people, they, they, they were doing some things. And I have three points I kind of wanted us to look at this morning um, in regards to this story. The first thing that I look at here is that believers trust in God's promises. They trust God in His promises. I want you to think about this this morning. How many of you trust God in His promise? For salvation, right? Promises for protection? Promises for you know, that he will never leave us or forsake us. These promises that we know out of Scripture, we as believers, we hopefully believe that. And we trust in that. And that first point I want us to look at, believers trust God in his promises. What we see in the story of the Tower of Babel is they did not trust God at all. Well, what do you mean, Daniel? They didn't trust God. Well, this verse, this Verse 4, as you're looking there, it paints a picture of a civilization that was out to make a name for themselves by coming together. Now, when you go to uh, the earlier parts of Genesis, God commanded them, in the story of Noah, in the story of all over, God always commanded people to go out, did he not? To fulfill creation, to go out and to multiply, to go out and to fill the earth. And here you have a civilization that, instead of doing what God had commanded them, and they knew it because they passed all this down, even at this part of, of time, they were still writing. There, was, there were writings that were happening, but there was, a, there was a verbal telling of what God had said. And in that telling, the story of Noah, the story of Adam and Eve, the story of Cain and Abel and Seth, all these stories that we know, they were being told and written and passed down from generation to generation. And the, the, the decree from God was that people are to fulfill his mandate by filling the earth, by dispersing and populating the earth. And here you have a group that says, you know what? We're going to come together. We're just going to be right here as one people, and we're just going to do one thing, and that's just be 
people, I guess. That was their call. But in that verse 4, you know, we see where it says, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, right? Okay, this isn't just a preacher putting in and judging these people for what they did. They actually said, let us make a name for ourselves. Does that sound familiar to you today? I'm as American as anybody else, but there are some people that are so American, they miss the gospel. Let us make a name for ourselves. We're the best nation in the world. Well, I do believe we're the best nation in the world, but I believe we're failing right now because the gospel is not the number one reason why we exist. We are a great nation. With everything that happened at the Capitol the other day, I was thinking about this. Everybody's like, well, this is, you know, it's a siege on the Capitol. It was. No doubt. There was planning involved. There was all this that happened. I don't know who instigated it. I'm not here to talk about that because then again, I'm not here to talk about politics, am I? But that happened, and I thought, that's, that's a terrible thing to happen. But through all of that, I see something that's, if we want to talk about how great America is, we saw democracy still exist after all of that. Will it always happen? I don't know. You see why I don't put all my, all my uh, stock into politics? Politics can fall apart, but the gospel always stands. Can America fall? It very well could. It very well could fall, but you know what will never fall is the truth of God. And so here we are this morning. Believers trust in God and His promises. We trust in God. We trust in His promises. These people didn't do that. They didn't trust that, that God had said, I will never flood the earth again. Now, when you look at the construction of the Tower of Babel, this is interesting. I want you guys to think about this for a moment. When they built this tower, it says here that they, that they used a bitumen. A bitumen was actually the same kind of stuff that that Noah used on the ark to make the ark waterproof. Now, you know, I, I was studying through this, and I was reading through it and looking in the, in the Hebrew. I was getting real nerdy with it, you know, and I was just looking through here and looking at different commentators and stuff like that. The, the thing that's interesting about the Tower of Babel, it wasn't just a really tall structure. It was also waterproof. Now tell me, if God said he's never going to flood the earth again, why would you build a waterproof tower to push all your people to so they would be saved from a flood. A lot of people miss that story, that part of the story. But what you really see at the heart of the situation here is these people just didn't trust God. Well, it's going to flood again. It flooded once, it'll flood again, right? Instead of trusting God, they built a tower. Instead of trusting God, they, they said, let's build a tower. Let's build a city. Let's keep everybody together so that way if anything goes bad, we can all just run to the tower and we'll be safe. There's a lot of reasons that tower was built, but that point there has really stuck out to me. Because, you know, how much of the time are we building our own towers in our own lives because we really, honestly, we don't trust God. We, we're out here and we're doing things. We're, we're trying to obtain money. We're trying to obtain friends. We're trying to do things in this world. And the reason we're doing those things is just in case God doesn't protect us. You ever thought about that? Is there anything in your life that you're doing right now, it's because you just really don't trust God? Are there any sins that you keep on the back burner because you're like, well, if God falls through, I've got this to go to. You see, we need to be totally and utterly surrendered to God. 100%. There's, there, there's no, well, I'm going to be a 90% Christian or even a 99% Christian. We need to be 100% sold out to Him. Because what happens in the end, and, and I'll tell you, like a lot of these 
these uh, thoughts that are going around our society today and churches and things like that, they're putting all this political stuff out there because they're weak on their theology. Everybody hear that? I've heard people say, well, Daniel, you, you spend a lot of time on theology. You bet I do because that's what everything's based on. I'm not going to base it on opinion. I'm not going to base it on what I'm feeling at the time. I, I'm not just going to get up here and preach about, well, here's, how, here's the Christian way to balance your checkbook. Here's the Christian way to, to spank your child. Here's the Christian way. That's all in the Bible, by the way, but that's not my focus. My focus is the gospel. Why? Because we trust God in his promises. So let's be really careful about the towers that we build in this world. Are we just building waterproof towers so we can protect ourselves when God falls apart? That's a terrible way to serve God. Well, he comes through sometimes, but sometimes he doesn't. The thing is, is God always comes through, but sometimes he just comes through in a righteous way that we just don't see as right. You ever prayed for something? You know, Garth Brooks, right? Everybody's like, yeah, here it comes. A Garth Brooks reference. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I won't talk anymore about Garth Brooks, I promise. I did see him in concert once, and he looked at me, and I'm pretty sure his spit landed on my forehead. So I have seen Garth Brooks before. But, but that thought, I want you guys to think about this for a moment, that thought of how even our prayers that we pray in earnest, sometimes we're praying amiss. We're not praying the right prayer, and God still loves us and directs us anyways. You, you ever had a 21-month-old little boy? Boy, I do. I've got one, and he keeps me going. He keeps me going. I think about him, man. He's, he's great. He's a blessing. I love him. But, you know, there's sometimes I have to redirect him in order that he don't hurt himself. Guys, God does the same thing for us. So we must trust his promises. Don't be like the, the, the children here in, at the Tower of Babel who were building a tower to protect themselves against a flood that might come. Here's the thing. We know for a fact that Jesus is coming again. So that's what we're preparing for. I'm not preparing. Guys, man, I'm, I, we've got food at the house. You know, we, we put back stuff. We, we, we have money in the bank, praise God. You know, we, we have these things to protect us in case we need them. But that's not our goal either. Our goal is to be ready for the second coming of Christ. And not just me and not just for my family, but for the entire world because the whole world needs to hear this message. You guys see the difference here? Yeah, we can be ready for a pandemic. We can be ready for the United States to crash and burn or whatever. But believers must trust in God's promises. We have to do that today. The children here, they did not. They did not trust God. And we see this civilization that they were out, as they said, word for word, they were out to make a name for themselves. Their big plan was to build this great big city with a towering tower, and everybody in the world, well, wait a minute, they were all there, but everybody in the world would come to them and say, wow, you're awesome, you're great. Can I talk to the church this morning for a moment? How many times are we really quick to build our tower as this right here, what we're doing? I love the church. I love coming together on Sunday mornings. It's a commandment. It's something we should do. But this isn't our only job. I love to seeing the, 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 the sanctuary filling back up. I love that. But this isn't our own job. We have a job to do out into the world. There's a whole lot of people that do not have the security of salvation that you may feel and know today. So we must, we must take that to the world. And we must believe God and His promises. The second thing we look at here is believers trust God by living, I'm sorry, believers trust God in His commandments. So we, we, we've got these two points so far. 
We're trusting in his promises. Now, let's, let's trust him in his commandments, too. Well, God's commandment there in verse 3 was to go out into the world, right? Are these people going out into the world? It's like they found this plane, and <laughs> I love the word plane because it just sounds like it looks like, right? It's a plane. Yeah, it's, it's kind of plain. But we're going to live there. We're going to live in a plane. The other word I see there is settled. It's, they settled in a plane. You ever settled for something in life? You've all been to McDonald's, so yes, you've settled before. Okay? Everybody here settled. I'll just eat a hamburger. They settled in a plane. I love the word picture there. Maybe it's just me, but I read that and I'm like, they settled for something that wasn't even what God had intended for them. A plane is, can be beautiful, but you know, God had created lush forests and mountains. God had created all this, the beauty in the world, all these things they could explore. We're still exploring the oceans. We don't even understand anything about our oceans, how they work. We, we know some stuff, but there's a lot of stuff in the oceans. We're like, we don't know why that exists. Or we didn't know that, 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 that type of fish existed down there. God wants us to explore this world, to go forth. But these people, they, they, heard the, they knew the promises of God that he wouldn't flood the world. So they built a tower and probably a city that would protect them from a flood. And then, and then they didn't go anywhere. They just stayed right there on the plane because they didn't obey his commandments. What, what's God's commands for the church today? Well, for one, Matthew 28, right? Go into all the world. I love that the, that the, the, the early creation, the, the time when man was really starting to, to get their foothold in this world, God's command for them was to go. Everybody hear that, right? To go. Don't just stay here. And then when Christ is ascending to heaven, he tells his disciples, don't just come together and just do this. Go. Preach the gospel. Now, I want, I, want to, I want to say something this morning that may hit you in a new way, and I hope it does. The gospel is not meant to only be proclaimed by missionaries and pastors. It's meant to be proclaimed by the body of Christ. I know you guys are hearing that, but hear it, right? God is commanding all of us to go out into the world. You remember the story I told last week about the lady who was dumping trash in our dumpster, and I was trying to make it like a gospel thing, and she just, like, well... She still heard the gospel, by the way. I still think right now the Holy Spirit's just gnawing away on her. And one of these days, I'm going to see her again, and I'm going to see her give her life to Christ. That's my prayer. I could care less about trash. If y'all have trash y'all need to dump, you can use a dumpster. I don't care. That's not the point. The point is that so much of the time, we miss opportunities to proclaim the gospel to people. I had, I had another one this week. It's weird. How the, you know, I, started, I started looking, and all of a sudden, there's all these weird opportunities to proclaim the gospel. I, I was... Um, at, at my job, I get an hour lunch some days, thanks to COVID. But I, but I, I, I spent my lunch at a very fancy place in South Oklahoma. Um, it's called Walmart Parking Lot. And I went and I parked over there in Walmart Parking Lot, and I'm kicking back, and I'm, I'm probably doing what I shouldn't do. I'm listening to the news, kind of what's going on in the world, and I'm just sitting there listening, really just vegging for a minute, you know? And uh, these two young, young kids come up to the window, and they come up to the Buick. Everybody knows my Buick, right? Okay, so if you come up to the Buick on the right-hand side, passenger front, the window doesn't roll down. It does roll down, but then it won't roll up. So I don't roll it down. 
Highway patrols need to understand that too, right? But anyways, that's another story. But this, this, uh, these, these, these two people come up, and then they knock on the door, and they're young. They're like 16, 15 maybe. And uh, the lady, she looks at me. She's like, hey, dude. I was like, hey, dude, it. Yeah, I didn't know what to say. He kind of took me by, so it kind of scared me because I'm like, okay, I got my 9 millimeter here. So, you know, I'm protected in the good Lord and all that. I'm just kidding. I, I didn't. I did have it in the back seat. But anyways, I, I was sitting there in the car, and I'm like, you know, hey, dudette, and she starts laughing. She's like, hey, you don't have to do this if you don't want to, but me and my friend, we need some rolling papers. Would you buy them for us? <laughs> rolling papers. I, now, really, like, my first thought was I was going to get real smart aleck with them. I was like, do you, do you get on the ground and roll in them? Like, I, I'm not really sure what a rolling paper is. They wanted to smoke pot. But that, I, I'm like, I'm like, the first thing that, that was the first thing that came to my mind. The second thing, I was like, okay, Daniel, don't, don't mess this up. I said, you know what? I, I'm not going to buy you papers, but I'll tell you about Jesus. They turned and walked off. <laughs> I didn't want to be creepy and like follow them, but I really wanted to, you know? Like, hey, no, listen to me. They just wanted their rolling papers. We laugh at that, and we kind of look at that as maybe a failure, as, you know, I didn't approach it right. You know, I wish it would have went different. I wish I could have led two young people to the Lord that day in Walmart parking lot on my break. How cool would the rest of my day have been? That didn't happen. But I think the point is, is that all believers, we need to at least be trying. Any fishermen in here, fisherwomen? Do you catch a fish every time you go fisher, fishing? <laughs> Jolie and Summit and, and, and Jet, they went fishing the other day. They fished all day and didn't catch a thing. They didn't brag about it, by the way. They probably don't want me mentioning this to the church and to whoever's listening to this later. They probably don't want us to know that. But, but when we go fishing, we don't always catch fish, right? God commands us to go. Just like the people here at the Tower of Babel, God commanded them to go. They did not. How many of us in the church are doing exactly what the, the, the people here at the Tower of Babel were doing? We're staying put. We're building ourselves towers for protection, and then we're not going where God tells us to go. How many of us are doing that? I mean, to be honest, you know? I mean, and, and I know, I'm not saying you're terrible people. I'm not here to, to knock you down, but I'm saying, how can we be better? Tonight at the meeting, we ought to be 70, 75 people there at the meeting because we're excited about what we're going to do this year for the gospel. You know the cool thing about our church? We've lived through a pandemic and a really crazy political season, and look at us, we're still here. It's almost like Jesus said that even the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against his church, right? There's a promise. We're still here. So what are we going to do to change the areas of our life that we need to change? How are we going to be people that honestly believe his promises? How many of us are really going to make a, an effort by the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives to Trust God and His commandments and obey those commandments. You see, the Great Commission is a commandment, right? To go. And a lot of us, we look at it as like a, a great recommendation. <laughs> it's not a great recommendation. It's a commandment. We are commanded to tell people about Jesus. The last thing I kind of gathered from this, and I hope you get something from it, believers trust God by living to bring glory to God. Now this has kind of been this theme, you guys are going to hear it a lot, because everybody wants to know the will of God for their life. And I want to tell you something today, the will of God for your life is that you bring Him glory. 
So much of the time we come to God because we want to know, well, where am I supposed to go to college? Who am I supposed to marry? What job am I supposed to take? And we come to God with those questions without first going to God and saying, God, I want to serve you. I want to glorify you with my life. That's the, that's the starting point. The fault in our towers, so to speak, is that we don't put God first. We don't go to him first. I think God wants us to build wonderful, beautiful things in this world. I, I've got a wonderful, beautiful family. I was just thinking about that last night as I was wrestling a 21-month-old, you know? And I was thinking, God's really blessed me with this. This morning, as, as uh, you guys were leading worship up here this morning, Josh, that last song, I love that song, man. It's a beautiful song. It speaks to my heart. I was looking outside. There's a lot of people worshiping Jesus this morning. Thank you, God, for blessing me with a wonderful church family. And that's all good and everything, to have these, these ooey-gooey feelings about your church, right, and your family and all of that. But guys, we need to be adamant about proclaiming the gospel. The message that we get from the Tower of Babel is that if we're, if we're lazy in our faith, and if we don't put God first, and if we don't trust His promises, and if we don't obey His commandments, and if we don't live to bring glory to God, then we're missing it altogether. Everything we do, we're missing it. That verse 4 there, we see where it says, let us make a name for ourselves. That We're, we're not called to make a name for ourselves. I, as a pastor, I'm not called to, to make a name for myself. Would I like to write a book? Yeah. Will it probably happen? I, I feel like God's doing those kind of works in my life, you know. But I'm not here to make a name for Daniel Henson, right? So many people in this world forget that. They, they live to, to better themselves instead of living to bring glory to God. The story here goes like this. A bunch of people throughout their life walk the other direction from God. And in their best reckoning, they say, let's build a tower to protect ourselves, to, to, to build to the sky. Some of the wording there, too, if you get into the Hebrew, it talks about how they let us build a, a tower unto the heavens. That the actual meaning there could not mean that it was just necessarily a high tower, but also that they were building it for the heavens, for other gods. They go and they do this, right? The story goes exactly like this. They, they build a great city, or they're building it. They build this tower, or they're building it. We don't know the, the full context of everything here, but they build this great civilization unto themselves. And God says, that's not my plan for you. Our plan here at First Baptist, is not to build just a great church, which we're doing that, and I love it. You know, we promote from within, <laughs> right? We have a drummer that's been in youth for years. We didn't go out here and pay some high-fluting drummer. We got Preston. We don't need a high-fluting drummer. He's our, he's our drummer, right? right? A few years ago, Don was up here, and he's banging on the drums. He still bangs on the drums every now and then. We promoted from within. Josh, he's from here. Daniel, yeah, y'all paid big money for me, but, but I'm just kidding. But you see what I'm saying, that the church itself is not about just building up for no reason. We build up in order to bring glory to God. Amen. These people didn't do that. The story's way different for them. They built a city and a civilization to themselves. Then it says that God passed judgment on them and confused their languages. So then they spread across the face of the world. Here's the thing, guys, 
it doesn't matter what you feel or think, but God's will will come true. God commanded, God willed that the whole world would be filled with people. And when people even tried to say, well, we're not going to do that, he still made it happen anyways, because that's his will. Now, some of y'all may say, well, that's not fair. That's a mean God that would force stuff on people. Now, here's what you need to understand. You're looking from a very imperfect and unrighteous viewpoint. God is all righteous and all perfect. He sees the great plan. He is the great plan. So believers trust in God and his promises. Believers trust in God and his commandments. Believers trust God by living a life of bringing him glory. Does everybody hear that this morning? The story of the Tower of Babel, it's not just like some historical account. If you get online today, you could, you could lose your faith real quick because you could say, what's the story of Babel about? And most of the commentators online, non-Christian commentators, they're going to tell you that it's a myth, that, you know, this, this goes back to like Gilgamesh, this goes back to this, that. There's all these like thoughts, you know. They'll say this is just some myth to explain why there are so many languages in this world. But here's what I want to tell you this morning. The story of the Tower of Babel tells us that we need to be bringing glory to God. Because otherwise, it'll all fall apart. Are you doing that with your life today? Are you doing that with your life 100%? Is that something that you do? In closing this morning, I want us to look at John 17. Can we end on the words of Christ this morning? I think that's good. Jesus had been meeting with his disciples, and then he prays over them. And I want to read this passage of Scripture. It's 21 verses, but I want everyone's attention, right? I don't. The Holy Spirit does. I want the Holy Spirit to move in your hearts at this moment as we read through this. Look at this, John 17. It says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he'd been speaking to his disciples about uh, all the stuff, right? All the things. He was trying to explain as much as he could to these mortal humans who he is and what he was about to do at the cross of Calvary. And Jesus says, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all flesh to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they know you. What is eternal life? That you know God, right? How do we know God? Through Christ. Everything's about bringing glory to God. It doesn't matter that they may have eternal life. And what is eternal life? Is that they may know you, the one and only true God. And Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth. This is Jesus speaking. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you gave me out of the world. Yours they were, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Christ had a job. God gave Christ, I know that gets confusing with the Trinity, but God gave himself, right? God gave himself these 12 men, and one of them was terrible. God gave these people to him. Here's what I want you to understand. As the church of God today, you are exactly where you need to be, but don't stay here. There's people in this place I believe that God is calling to ministry. There are people in this place who I believe God is calling to step out on faith and to do something like they've never done before. Some of you, God is calling to salvation today. 
Some, some of you, God is calling to be baptized because you've never followed in believer's baptism. You see what I'm saying? God chose you. God is speaking to you today. Are you listening? And in this prayer, we see where God was hearing the prayer of Christ as he was praying for those people that were given to him. Verse 7 says, Now they know that everything that you have given me is from you. Everything. For I have given them the words that you gave me, and they have received them and have come to know in truth that I come from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am praying for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Is anybody confused yet? What he's, Jesus is basically saying here, he's like, these people... They're God's people. That's what he's really saying. These are God's people. And God, I'm praying for these people. What is, what's he praying? Verse 11. I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I'm coming to you, Holy Father. Here's the prayer. Everybody hear this? Keep them in your name, which you have given me that they may be one, even as we are one. As we're looking at these verses, I want you to think about this. I'm going to stop there this morning. There's like ten more, by the way, but I'll stop. Because the prayer of Christ here isn't that they would go out here and build some kind of self-help community. Those are helpful, but it's not the call of the church. It's not the overriding call of the church. He didn't say, I want them to go out here and start some country club. I want to build some big cathedral and set tight and let one guy talk and everybody else just listen. It's not the call of the church. The call of the church is to go. And he doesn't call us to be two where you've got the people that teach and the people that just listen. He says, I want them to be what? One. You want to hear a commandment today? God's called us all to be one. That tells me that, yeah, there, there's a role of pastor in the church and it serves its purpose, doesn't it? There's a role of Sunday school, too. you know, there's all these roles we have in the church. Youth pastor, that's, that's, you know, all these different areas in the church. It serves its purpose. But honestly, when it comes down to it, we are all commanded as one to proclaim the gospel. It doesn't matter if you're at a ball game, or you're in the show ring, or you're at work. It doesn't matter if you're at the post office. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in Walmart parking lot and somebody wants rolling papers. We are called as one to proclaim the gospel. Do not be like the children of Babel. They neglected the promises of God. They refused the commands of God and they did not live to glorify God and it destroyed them. I have no doubt that no matter what happens in the United States of America, the church will prevail. Joni was talking last night. She was reading some numbers um, on the church in North Korea. Everybody knows where North Korea is, right? Everybody knows the story behind North Korea. There is a very big movement of the gospel in North Korea today. Now that doesn't make any sense. It's against the law to be a Christian in North Korea. How many were there like 315,000 315, Christians in North Korea? Well, that's a big nation. Yeah, it is. But 315,000 believers in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine what they're going to do to that nation if they do what they're commanded? 
We see that throughout history, that wherever the church is persecuted, that's where the church grows. That makes no sense in my mind. But yet, here we are in America, and we have a pandemic, and we have a political season, and we have a hard time filling our churches sometimes. I think it's probably because we're a little too busy, we're a little too preoccupied with everything else in the world, instead of being occupied on thinking about who God is. It's not preacher talk, that's the Word of God speaking to us. We must prioritize the Word of God in our life. What it says, it means, and so we follow it. So let me ask the question as I close, and our musicians come forward. Do you believe the promises of God? Do you obey the commands of God? Are you living to glorify God 